Hello, welcome to Game Changer. Monday through Friday, David Villa and our crew dive into God's Word and talk about how to take principles from the Bible and apply them to our daily lives. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our host. Good morning, guys. What's up? Good morning. It's the girls in the house today. Woohoo! I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit uh, in favor of Thursdays. Girl Power Thursdays. Come on, somebody. Um, I probably <laughs> am more anxious about Thursdays than any other time because if I'm at a loss for words, David has plenty of them and fills in. <laughs> I'm just poking every once in a while. So it's a little bit stretching me, which I think is a good thing um, because I can't rely on David to carry the conversation. I'm just going to insert my two words here and there. So, And we both tend to do that when we're on the podcast with him. We're like, okay, just here you go. It's your turn. Thursdays used I'm to done. be. I just said my nugget and then it's your turn. So it's girl power. Uh, we both have to rely on the Lord only. Thursdays used to be the most stressful day of the week for me because we had ADL at 3.30 and I would walk out of the podcast at 4.30 when we were done and hope that nothing was wrong with payroll because payroll is also our Thursday and we have a cutoff of time of 5.30 to have everything done. So if something was going wrong, I was walking out of a strenuous podcast into Diana and a frenzy because something was wrong with payroll. <laughs> so craziness. Now it's going to be thankful Thursday. So we had terrific Tuesday and thankful Thursday. I'm thankful for the opportunity. I'm thankful for the blessings of the Lord. I'm, I'm thankful, Lord, that he puts me in places that stretches me and grows me and challenges me. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this week we've been talking about what do you want to do when you feel like quitting or what to do and how to make it through. And so to recap yesterday, um, one of the first ones was take care of yourself, number one. And, um, and it gave the example of in First uh, Kings 19, when um, after being in front of the altar on the Mount Mount Carmel, you know, that the amazing thing where the Lord, you know, Elijah put all this water, put the burnt offering and the Lord, you know, did the thing like came down in fire on that altar against odds, right? So that there was, he built, he he went back to, which is interesting. I was reading back through that scripture because today is also going to be about going back. But he went to that place. He rebuilt the altar that Jezebel had destroyed. He rebuilt it, which is interesting because sometimes we talked about burning bridges yesterday. Sometimes we burn bridges and those are so that we don't try and escape before we're completed what we're doing. But then sometimes God calls us to go back and rebuild. So he called Elijah. Elijah went back and he rebuilt built this altar. He put a burnt offering and he uh, dug this trench, filled it with water. And then the Lord came down like fire and burned up the offering. And at that point, right after that, that's when he, um, they see these 400 prophets of Baal killed them. He's in on this high, right? And who's been in these highs where God's really done something miraculous. And then he flees from one Jezebel. Mm-hmm. He flees from one. They just defeated. He just, a, a miracle that the Lord came down as in fire. Then they, he, they, they uh, seize 450 prophets of Baal. And hey, and by the way, at that time, right before that, he walks in, he tells Obadiah, I'm the, the last prophet of God. How many of us also felt like I'm the only one trying to do this or live right or out of my group. I'm the only one trying to keep these boundaries, whatever it is. Sometimes we feel like the only one. He claimed, I'm the only one, the only prophet left of God. So he, even he went through seasons of feeling like the only one. And we all, um, mm-hmm. I'm the only one experiencing this. I'm the only one that can't get past this point. I'm the only one. He, he experienced that, right? He said that. Then he comes in, he, the burnt offering, he digs the trench, goes back and rebuilds the altar. I'm sorry. 
digs this trench, puts it there. Obviously, the prophets of Baal called upon their God. Their God didn't, it was them at, at to bat first. Their God didn't show up. Now Elijah, he's here. He d- digs his trenches, rebuilds it, puts his burnt offering. The Lord shows up. What a miracle. They seize the prophets and kill them on this high. Like God miraculously and victoriously gave them victory in that situation, not for Elijah's glory, but glory be to God that God showed up, right? He gave God honor. And at that point, he even got in front of the Lord. He actually prayed right before that, Lord, you know, come. And I can imagine in that, even knowing that the Lord instructed him and that's what he was supposed to do, I can imagine even though he is praying to God, I can imagine in his heart who hasn't done this, that we're praying and we're believing, we're trusting, we're, we're telling our friends and our coworkers and our family members that like God's going to show up. But in our heart, we're like, oh God, please show up. Mm-hmm. I could do that. So I got to believe that because Elijah's human. He had to have that little part in his heart that he was still questioning, even though with his mouth, he was proclaiming God's going to show up. He does, gets kills the prophets, and runs from Jezebel into this cave alone. And then that's where it says, take, where we talked about the point of taking care of yourself. He said, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, and the Lord is about to pass by. And that's First King 1911. Um, and the angel, and I actually went back a little bit. I'm sorry, I'm going to go back to the part because I pulled the whole entire chapter to, in context to read the whole entire thing. And it says, the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing? How God sometimes tells us, like, what are you doing? How, how many times we've asked ourselves, like, what are you doing? You know you should be doing this, but you're doing this. And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have, Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with sword. I am the only one left. Now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. The, then a great and powerful wind tore through the mount, tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And that's what I wanted to get to. Sometimes when we get into the presence of the Lord, we're wanting him to show up in a fire, in an earthquake, in a flood, in all these things, which he has done in the Bible, in the stories in the Bible. There's, there's, there's testimonies of that. But sometimes he comes in a a gentle whisper. So are we putting ourselves in the place to be able to hear that gentle whisper? I think, you know, going off of that, we, we expect kind of what you're saying. We expect the Lord sometimes to be, you know, we hear that we hear that God is a, the roaring lion, but he's also the sacrificial lamb. And I think sometimes in our, in our time with him, we're looking for this like roaring lion moment where it's like, you know, this big, like, God just coming before us, giving these huge revelations, these huge things. And um, I've heard it uh, said before, and I think it's so powerful. You know, in the moments of the quietness, God speaks in a still, small voice, but what he says is the lion. Like what he says has so much weight and has so much power. Like it shows the the power of our God. And, um, you know, in that story even, I think 
something that began to speak to me is like, do we have the audacity almost in a sense, like how Elijah did, like, do we have the audacity to put that much faith in our God? Like, do we have the audacity to believe for God, for God to do something so much, even in the seasons where we feel like quitting, um, are we going to put that much trust and that much hope and faith in our God, knowing that he will provide exactly what he says that, that he wants to reveal himself to those around us, just like in that story. Um, and so when we begin to, you know, put that at the forefront and begin to allow that to seep in and understand that God will show up. I think when we want to quit in those times, like where we want to quit and give up, he, he continually is reminding us that he's going to be faithful. And what is, what are we looking to do? Be good and faithful servants, right? We're looking for that consistency even in our own lives. And so it's so important that when we do that, we are trusting in that the fact that God will show up in our lives. God will never give up. And um, I think in this, you know, just to get super practical with, um, you know, this teaching that we've been talking with this week, like there's going to be days like where we are exhausted, where we're tired, where we're like, I just can't do this anymore. And I think it's in those times that we need to hone in even more to what God is doing and really ask even more, God, like, what are you trying to speak to me? Not even, can we get through this? Like, I think so often we're looking at the battle and we're like, I just need to get through this. I just need to get to the end of this. Like, Lord, help me get there. Rather than like, what can I learn in the journey? What can I learn in the process? What can I learn before I get to that, that quote unquote breakthrough? What can I learn before I get to that finish line? What can I learn? And exactly, Dana actually put a comment, God's power works best in our weaknesses. Like our God is a God that specializes in our weaknesses. So when we come before him, you know, in those times where we want to give up, he specializes in that and he, he gives uh, us power in our weaknesses and it doesn't come from us. It comes from him. And we can rely on the fact that our God, just like we were talking about, we rely on my, our dad, my dad a lot to, um, you know, carry the weight of the podcast, like, we, in general, we can rely on God, like, the same weight that we would put, you know, on things, that we can rely on God, and um, God can, you know, speak through us, and maybe your situation, whatever it is that you maybe have, or you want to hold on to, or feel like giving up on, you can rely on the Lord to strengthen you, I'm thinking of a friend, you know, like, when, uh, you know, if I needed to be held up, if I couldn't, like, walk on my own, I'm thinking of a friend that's just going to carry me through this, and it's, like, so determined not to let go of me, and um, isn't going to let me go, and I think that's God in our lives, that is that is who the Lord is, like, he wants to make sure that we are upheld, and his children are taken care of, um, and not begging and left for begging and pleading, but we can come before him in boldness, knowing that he's our f- heavenly father and a good father, a perfect father. He takes care of us. You know, Dumasani said something about that. He's been in a time of panic, but it wasn't until he, um, came to a time of peace that he started hearing from God. That's true. Cause when I think of panic, I think of chaos and loudness. Mm. Well, it's right? funny that you said the word chaos cause elevation did a video on that story years ago and it's called a whisper in chaos. And I think it's the most relatable part to today's world is God didn't speak until every other distraction was done around Elijah. God didn't do it. God didn't say a word until everything else around him had calmed. Mm-hmm. And we live in a world now where we have a distraction at our fingertips 24 seven. We can sit there and watch TV and literally play a video game and scroll Facebook all at the same time. But it's hard now to get to a point where you don't have a distraction around you. And that's a lot of times for me when God's spoken to me is when I don't have any noise. I don't have any music playing. I don't have anything going on. And that's, you know, I'm reminded of a thing about the difference between occupying space and 
being in the space. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like when you said that about scrolling through, how many times have we been in a conversation with somebody, you know, where we're kind of scrolling and we're occupying space in the conversation, but we're not in it, right? We're not really focused on it. Invested. How many times, yeah, we're not vested in it. So how many times have we approached God occupied with our own stuff, but not invested in what he has to say? You know, I, I when you were talking, I sp- thought of an old, old song from a long time ago, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. What a simple mm. prayer. What a simple melody. What a simple song. God, open the eyes of my heart so that I may see you and know that you're with me and you're before me and you're beside me. You know, and I also thought about when you were talking about the friend that picks you up, I was thinking about the old uh, poem, Footprints in the Sand, where it starts out where there's two sets of footprints and then it comes to a place where there's one of a God, where were you? I was carrying you. How many of us have had those seasons where we know not while we're in it, right? Not while we're going through it. We don't realize it. We feel like, God, where are you? And in it, we don't recognize that he's actually carrying us. Yeah. And it's not until we go back and reflect, go back, reflect. Now, I'm not a big component on looking back from the standpoint of, of um, you know, looking back on a negative point. I keep going back to negative things in our, in our lives. But I am a component of looking back as a, as a, of a remembrance to what you need to go forward from. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we want to go back. In those seasons where we're feeling challenged, we want to go back to old thinking, old habits, old friends, old peers, old whatever, old thinking, old theology, old, you know, old things. And those aren't, though we already came from a season where we went away from them. So why as people do we go back? For me, okay, I'm, I'm a stress eater. Absolutely, me too. I'm a stress eater. Amen. So that was one of the things when I gave a testimony <laughs> about fasting. I know it was the Lord because typically under stress, that was a season where I was, it was a very hard time. It was a stressful time. And my natural way would be to gobble up cookies like Cookie Monster. <laughs> Come on. But in that season, <laughs> the Lord, I know he instructed because it's total opposite and contradictory to where I would have gone. So I know it was the Lord because otherwise I would have been eating all kinds of goodies. So it's contrary. We want to go back to those things. I know even now it's so weird. It triggers like if I'm having a stressful day, give me a milkshake. I want to go back to the old things, but I've made new habits in my life where I'm trying to stay away from things. I have diabetes in my family, not me, my, my family. So I'm trying to have a good health there. I want to be healthy and be energetic for our granddaughter because some days I'm actually tired taking care of her. <laughs> I didn't realize my age until I take care of a you know one and a half year old for eight hours in a day and balance work. So I don't realize it. So I want to be healthy. I want to be my best for, for you know, to be the best wife because if I'm not feeling well, then I can't be in tune or I'm not going to want to be nice, right? I'm going to be ugly. I'm not going to be nice. But in triggers, um, there's certain things that God has brought me from. And if I'm being transparent, there was a season in my life, I'm going to say it because I think being transparent is honest because we've all had vices in our life, but I've, I've smoked in the past, right? So I'm not condemning smoking. I think whatever God has got to be the one to do that. But smoking was a thing that just immediately calmed me down. And, um, to this day, it doesn't matter how many years have passed without smoking. I think it could be, and I've heard this, I don't know, I'm not at a 30-year mark, but 
even that long, you could go back and almost like pick it up in an instant. So it's weird that when I'm having one of those stressful days, and again, years without smoking, I could have one of those things where I can go, I just really just, I need to stop and get cigarettes and sit down and just, I know it sounds silly because you're killing your body, right? But just smoke my stress away in peace. Blow little donuts. I don't know. But hey, listen, that's a trigger. And my body, my flesh says that's something that would calm me. And it tries to take me back. And I literally have conversations with myself. If people heard me, they would say, you are crazy. I've literally in the car been, why are you even thinking that? That's dumb. You don't need that. You don't need to go back to that. God's going to be your peace. So then I have to put on something that's going to get my mind. And, you know, I'm, I think that I'm, I'm made overcome by the blood of the lamb and word of my testimony. Maybe you're struggling with alcohol, pills, um, eat, overeating. Maybe you're struggling with, you know what, when you have those seasons, you're just hateful to people or, um, you know, whatever. Or you, you know, before the podcast, didn't know we were going to go into this, but my, uh, rebellion. <laughs> Maybe you, my, Mike, I wasn't. I wasn't tattling on you, yeah, you but you were. told on yourself. <laughs> you know, whatever that is, don't let something, an external force, an external situation, an external person, an external struggle have control enough over you that it alters your heart. And our heart should be what? Directed and focused on the Lord. So when you feel like quitting your heart, align your heart and focus it back to, go back to, God. And I think, you know, in this passage in First Kings, um, where he talks about how the Lord said to him, go back. I think when we look at that, um, I'll kind of read it first and then I'll go into that. But it said the Lord, in First Kings 19, 15 through 16, it says, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel, king of Aram, also anoint Je- Jehu, son of Nish. I'm not going to butcher these names. I'm just going to be honest. Nimshi. <laughs> King over Israel, and anoint Elijah, son of Shaphat, and Abel, this name, to succeed as you as the prophet. Um, and when we look at this, like, the Lord isn't just saying, hey, go back to your, he's not saying go back to your old ways. He's saying go back and rebuild. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we think of uh, going back from a standpoint of the Lord calling us to go back, it's never to, you know, okay, you made it this progress here. You, you've grown in this area. Now go back to your old ways. That's never what he's going to do. But he will call us to rebuild the foundation of, our, of things in our life. Maybe, you know, you started with going to the gym and eating right. And then as it, as it trickled down, you know, you've gotten inconsistent. You've gotten, you know, you've lost consistency in it. You've not been as good in it. You've not been as faithful in it. And what are you going to do? You're going to go back to the start. You're going to rebuild those habits, the initial foundation of those habits. The same thing in our lives. Like, you know, when, when hey, I've been working on this attitude issue. Same thing. Oh, my attitude's starting to slip up. What am I going to do? I'm going to go back to the foundation. I'm going to go back to the initial word that the Lord spoke to me when he cho- showed me that I needed to get a hold of this in my life and that I needed to give this over to him in my life. And it's about the, the, it's not about going back from a standpoint of like, let me go back in time. Let me fix everything as far as like, you know, living in shame and condemnation. That's not ever the purpose, but it's a matter of going back and allowing the Lord to help us rebuild foundational things that are, that matter in order for us to keep growing and keep 
going and rooting going and rooting ourselves in his truth and in what his word says it's never about you know just reaching the next goal it's i think so often we're so focused on these big dreams and ideas right and sometimes when we don't get there that's where we want to quit that's where we want to get discouraged we're so fixed we are so fixed on getting to these big goals these big dreams that sometimes god is the one that placed them in us honestly but instead of um just fixing our eyes on that, we need to fix our eyes on the practical stuff as well. And where, okay, I'm not going to let my character slip up in this. You know, on the way to the journey, on the while I'm waiting, I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow and I'm going to keep progressing my my walk with the Lord. And I'm, that's going to be my what I seek. I think we've talked about this in the past where we can have these big God dreams, but when we not, are not fixing our eyes on Jesus, when we're in the in the process, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus as before we even get to the dream. Our goal is to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and then all the other stuff. The big dreams come, the things that God spoke to your heart, they come. They will come if God spoke them to you. They are promised to you, and they they will come. But our our, our main purpose and our main goal, and this is going to help someone. I think this will help someone not quit when they feel like quitting. Your main goal is not the big goal. Your main goal is fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Your main goal is to fix your eyes on Jesus and grow and continue to strive in your relationship with him. And when you do that, we have the opportunity to reach those things. But those aren't our goal. Our goal is to know God and make him known. That's our goal. It's to have a relationship, a genuine, authentic, and true relationship with our Heavenly Father. And when we do that, he helps us rebuild those foundational things in our lives that maybe once were were broken, maybe once were even built, and then, you know, along the way we lost those character, we we allowed character issues in, or maybe along the way we lost those foundational things, and he helps us rebuild them. Well, I actually, when you said that, I was thinking because one of the parts of the notes was talking about that sometimes when we want to quit, it often leads us to sideways paths that are not the path, we step off the path of God. You know, I was thinking when you were talking about building a house, like we have, you know, God gives us, you know, whatever it is, our our purpose, a plan, whatever, and we start building it. And how many have ever gone through where you're going in and you're going to repaint a wall? But then you realize there's an imperfection, so you kind of move it. And then when you remove something, to have to go, oh, you know, I have to actually, there's, there's water damage. I need to replace this sheetrock. And when you open up the sheetrock, you realize there's something else on the underneath. Maybe what you're going through right now is that peeling off of certain things and then uncovering, right? Because something leaking in the wall doesn't show up immediately all the time. Sometimes it's a slow drip and it shows up later. So maybe the season of being intense and you feel like you want to quit is really a season that the God is going to uncover some underlying things that may not be showing up right now, but could cause damage later. So I'm thinking of a remodel. Like you go in to do one thing. If you watch any home improvement shows, they go in to do one thing and they go, oh no, that foundation's not right or that you know load-bearing wall isn't exactly right so here's the thing we got to get back to what God originally showed us and revealed to us go back to that strip away everything that we've added right because along Mm. our journey we pick up things you know we're on our way from a to z and God says okay you're at a and I want you to go to z and along the way we go oh that peach tree looks really good and so we pull a peach and we stick it in our bag whatever that is walk a little further and like oh you know what and we pick up things that God never intended us to pick up and so before we get to Z we have a backpack full of stuff that 
maybe it wasn't the manna, right? God gave us manna daily. So it wasn't manna. It was the things that we decided to pick up. And so maybe this quitting didn't leave room, you know, like I'm thinking of a backpack filled like with other things. Like, did it leave room for what God wanted to fill it with, you know? Probably not. Same thing. Probably not. No, that's good. Because then it weights us. If you've Mm -hmm. ever done any type of exercise, a weighted exercise versus a non-weighted exercise, it's different. So much easier. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) You know, if you do... uh, drop sets where you start out heavy and then you start out low. yesterday. <laughs> so, you know, maybe right now you're in this season where you feel like you want to quit. And hey, even in a drop set, if you start out, you get down to the lower weight, it's still hard because you just got done, you know, lifting or whatever, higher, you know, heavier weight, and then you increase. But even like, you know, like when you first started, you're like, oh, those five pounds or those 10 pounds aren't going to be anything. But by the time you get to them, you've carried a load and pushed a load and you feel, so even the 10 pounds feels like 100 pounds. Yeah. So maybe you're carrying a load that you were never designed to carry, and it feels like it's 100 pounds. And if you could just drop set it in front of the Lord, get back in front of him, get in his presence, and allow him to strip those things down and get back to basics. I think we overcomplicate sometimes, you know, our walk with the Lord. It's just real simple. Mm-hmm. I remember... We- I remember when uh, I taught myself how to play drums when I was in eighth grade, and I did that for like six years. And I remember around year, like halfway through my sixth year of playing, I finally decided, I was, okay, I'm gonna go take lessons. And I remember walking into the first, the very first lesson, and my teacher, who I worked at the shop that I was taking lessons at, sat me down and started working on the most elementary stuff as far as drums went in the world. And I looked at him like ten minutes into the lesson. I'm like, is this really what we're gonna do? And he goes, yes. I was like, why? He's like, because you have to learn the, you have to go back and relearn the basics because mm-hmm. I listened to you play and you have way too many things wrong now that we have to go back and reteach you the foundation and the simple things before we can start going on to the advanced things. Mm. You know, it says Good. when we want to quit, the best thing we could do is go back and remember what God has given us responsibility over. It could be your relationship with him, your marriage, parenting a child, taking care of yourself, honoring your parents, being a good employee, being a good boss. And um, it says, I'm learning we can make serious progress when we go back and remember what God has called us to do in the first place. We may feel like quitting right now, which is why we need to redirect our focus off the outcomes and put it on the inputs. So sometimes it's we're in seasons of needing input and a fresh filling and revitalizing and sometimes that comes first by unloading the things that we've picked up that we weren't ever intended to carry. And I think, you know, just before I know we're about to close out the show, um, but, you know, I just got this picture in my mind when she was talking of, um, I think maybe sometimes the reason, you know, we want to quit and we've been talking about it the whole show is just simply because um, we haven't, exactly what Mike was talking about even, we haven't gone back to the basics. We haven't gone back to the foundational things that God is calling us. Hey, like, take a look at this. Like, your character matters. Hey, take a look at this. Like, this issue in your life is rooted from, you know, this this anxiety that you maybe face or this depression that you maybe face like let's let's take a look at that let's not I think God is not a sweep it under the rug kind of God Um, and I'm you know I'm imagining I think this is sometimes what we do in our life we we look at this house just imagine this house and it's like a post-construction type dirty like it's dirty a dirty house Um, and I think so often our lives can look like that right like we have this crazy mess 
you know, maybe we're not spending our time with the Lord. Maybe we're not growing in our relationship with him. And we allow all this dust and this post-construction type of dirt to build up. But can you imagine having a house like that? You're going and buying this house. It's like that. And instead of cleaning it up, you just start decorating. You just put a rug, you put your couch, you try to make it look as nice as you can, right? But at the end of the day, even if people couldn't notice it, which I'm pretty sure they would, it's post-construction. And eventually people, you know, I think people around us do see those things. Like, what is in us comes out of us. We are products of what we put in. And so, um, can you imagine doing that? Like, you just try to decorate over the dirt, over the dust, over the crap that's in there, honestly. And I don't know if crap is a good word to say on here, but you know what? It's okay. Um... Can you imagine just looking at all of that, trying to decorate, you'd be like, this house is dirty. And I think so often we do that in our lives. Like we we see this dream, we see the goal, we see the beautiful picture that we want, and we try to recreate it over this dirt and this dust and this filth in our lives. Rather than what God wants us to do is he wants us to do the, the deep clean in a sense. He wants us to do the foundational stuff where we go back to what his word says and we allow him to speak to our situation, to whatever it is, clean up the, the issues. And that, that just means bring it before him and lay it at his feet, continually seeking that re- refining process and allowing him to show us and grow us and mold us. And then from there, we can start the decoration. We can start adding those things to, and seeing those things in our life become beautiful and truly, genuinely beautiful, not just cover-ups in our life. He's not a sweep but under the rug type of God. And so don't give up. I think go back to the foundation and that will help get, get the other, the solid pieces, the part where your foundation lies. Get it, get that stuff in order. Get that clean and lay it before the Lord and allow him to speak those his truth into those things. I would read First uh, Kings 8. I went back to First Kings 18, 19, and am I going to 20 where he also, um, he goes to his, his family and says, I'm the only one left. Elijah tells him, I'm the only one left. And he says, we need to get rid of um, basically the false gods in our life. They un- do like now I'm not against earrings I have earrings I'm not against piercings my kids have piercings I'm obviously not against tattoos I think that's seek out your own salvation with fear and trembling whatever works for you but it actually he goes back and tells his family we need to get rid of these things so right now this might be a house cleaning season your feeling of wanting to quit is on and, and move forward is about cleaning up removing some of those things that we've allowed into our lives so that God can compel us forward. It's a lot easier to push forward. If you have if you ever been hiking with weight, it's a lot easier to take the next step if you're able to unload 10 pounds that's on your back. So we'll end on that. Thank you all for tuning in today. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. We'll be back tomorrow with Ash and Dave hosting the podcast. Um, if you guys would like, we have a daily t- encouragement text that goes out every single morning. You guys can opt into it. It's completely free by texting the letters EZGC to 813-522-3356. To everybody who joins us live, thank you so much for being with us every single morning. We hope you guys enjoy the live stream. We all we always enjoy having your all's comments and feedback and reactions in the um, comment section. But if for any odd reason you can't join us live you can always catch us in two different ways on replay you can catch us on youtube every single day at 3 p.m we have the replay of the episode from that day uploaded as well by that same time every single day the podcast version and the audio version are uploaded to apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your podcasts on make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite one 
To all of our people who are watching or listening on replay, you can join us live every single morning at 8.30 a.m. EST, Monday through Friday, on Facebook and YouTube Live. Just search David Villa Game Changer, and we will come right up in the search bar. If you guys haven't already checked it out, it goes along with this week, but we have a featured Bible plan of the week on version called Don't Quit, written by David. It was a little while ago, but it perfectly goes along with the message in the series this week. So if you guys want, go check it out on the Bible app, and then let us know what you think about it. But that's all we have for today. We'll see you guys tomorrow bright and early. But on that note, we out. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to connect further, check out the David Villas Game Changer group on Facebook. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Game Changer.